For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, have eternal life. We're in a four-week series unpacking this phrase from the Gospel of John and we've come to the phrase, whoever believes in him. Our series is based not only on this verse but also on a really helpful book, So Loved, by Martin Salter. We bought some copies because we thought you might like one. Maybe you might like one because you're exploring the Christian faith for yourself. Maybe you've been coming to church for a little while, but your mind's not still made up whether this is your belief. Do take one. Maybe you're thinking of a friend or a family member who you'd love to put something in their hands that helps them to explore the Christian faith. Take one. Maybe you just want a bit of a refresh on some helpful ideas of how we share faith with others do take one. They cost £5. If you're able to give £5, uh, then do. If you can't, then just take one as our gift to you. There's a few left on the welcome desk. They've been out for a couple of weeks. Lots of people taking them. There's a few left. So do take one if you'd like to. That whoever believes in him. I remember being delighted last summer when my wife and I got a late invite to a wedding. Some other people's unfortune of COVID meant that we were a late call-up to a wedding, and we had a great time. We enjoyed a wonderful celebration, great food, fantastic company. But I have to say, on several occasions, as people were enjoying ourselves, we felt a little bit like we shouldn't really be here. We weren't really invited. Was this really for us? It didn't stop me really diving into the food, but we did think that. And as we consider the words of John 3:16 across these four weeks, we come to think, is this really for us? Is this love? Is it really for each and every one of us? Is it really for each and every person we come across? This gift that we're talking about, that we unpacked recently, is it really for each and every one of us? That whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, that means each and every person here, each and every person in the UK, each and every person in the world. Whoever. I wonder if you've ever played this game. Guess who? Hands up if you played Guess Who? Great. It's a great, great game. I wonder if you've ever played it as a whole church. Well, today is your lucky day. Uh, we're going we're gonna to play a game. Uh, my friend Ben's going to come and join me. Come and join me, Ben. Well, if you haven't played Guess Who, um, the idea is uh, that Ben, we're going to play one player, not two player, okay, that Ben is going to try and guess who the individual, who in a moment I'm going to highlight is. And Ben is only going to use questions that we can answer yes or no. So for example, uh, if I'll give an example. He was trying to guess someone like Calvin. Uh, he might firstly say, uh, is it a male? At which point, uh, if I was to say yes... Um, all the men would stay standing up and all the women would sit down. Um, He might have some great just intuition and say, um, um, does he have any hair? Um, At which point um, I might say no, and everyone who has hair similar to Calvin would sit down. (laughs) He might even say, does he support West Brom football? And there might only be one person left standing. (laughs) Oh, two, we might be a few. Okay, okay. So... um, And uh, Ben, you've got to see how many you can do it in. I'd say if you get it under five, you're doing amazing. If you get it under 10 with this many people, you're still doing pretty well. Okay. So uh, Ben, I'm going to ask you to put a blindfold on a second because you're obviously not going to know who the person is. 
Um, if you're able to, church family, please stand. Now, we can do this two ways. You might have seen me looking around while we were singing. I was thinking, who can I ask? And I've got a few ideas of who I could ask to be our guest person, but I thought I'd throw it out there first. Obviously, I won't say the name of who it is, but if anyone would like to be the guest person, uh, then raise your hand now. Okay, I can see someone, yes. Uh, I'm not going to say where it is, because that might give Ben a clue, but I know who it is. Um, everyone, uh, just can you stand on your chair for me, just to make it obvious so everyone can see, and just give us a little wave. There we go. That's who it is. Okay. Are you ready, Ben? You can take your blindfold off. Here's the mic. Your first question. Yeah. It could be anyone here. Your first question. Are they... Keep going. Is it female? Female. Are, are they female? Great question. Is it female? The answer is yes. All the gentlemen, time for a seat. Oh, you got rid of quite a lot there. Good start, good start. Do you know what? Your dad was so into the game, it is working now. He was just so into it. Yeah. Great. Um, question so number two. The next question is, have they been in the church for more than 30 years? Oh, okay. In the church for more than 30 years. Okay, the answer to that is No. Okay, so anyone that's been in the church for more than 30 years, this church, have a sit down, okay? Okay, if you were down the round before you stay sat down, great. Okay, next one, Ben. We've had two questions. Are they a member of the church? Are they an official member? So not just someone that comes regularly, but are they officially a member? The answer to that is no. So if you're a member of this church, please sit down. That was a good question. You got rid of quite a few there, Ben. Okay, we're only on three, three so you're done well. You're getting, you might make the five. Next question. Um, do they have glasses? I'm going to say that counts if you're wearing them on your forehead as well. Okay, some of the stylish ones among us. Uh, they are not wearing glasses. Okay, so if you're wearing glasses, then please sit down. Look at that, you're doing really well. Not many left now. That's only four questions as well. Next question, Ben. Do they have hair longer than... Long, that goes below their shoulders? Below the shoulders. Below the shoulders. They do. So if your hair doesn't quite reach to your shoulders, have a sit down. You've done so well. We've only got a few left. We're down to about five. Fred, your hair's below your... <laughs> okay. Ben? Are they in one of the church youth groups? Oh, are they? In... Yes, they are. If you're not currently in one of the youth groups, then, um, and you want to be, come and talk to me after, but you do have to sit down. Yeah. 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 Always open to new volunteers. Okay, we're down to about four. What are you going to go for now, Ben? We're on question number six, I think. Are they in primary school? Yes, they are. If you're not in primary school, please sit down. This is actually really hard because you've got... Th oh, it's not. They're gone. Ooh. And so you found that person. Who yeah. is it? Ella. Ella, well done. Give Ella a round of applause. Give Ben a round of applause. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Just seven questions, I think that was, Ben, to guess our... 
whoever, to guess our whoever. I hope you enjoyed that experience, Ben. You might think in a game with a whole church, would it ever be me? Thanks for the blindfold. I'm going to choose not to wear this while I'm talking. Uh, and, and well done to Ella. You might think a, church with a, a game with a whole church, would it ever be me to be chosen? We're thinking about this theme, whoever. Whoever. Whoever believes in him. Does this really include each and every one of us? Ben and Ella were included. Does it really include each and every one? Maybe you think, but I've messed up so badly. Surely God's love isn't really for me. Surely this gift of God's son wasn't for me. You don't know my past or the things that I'm currently doing. Ollie, thank you for reading the reading of the two thieves on the cross with Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he was accompanied by these two criminals. One mocks him and calls on, and the other calls on Jesus to save him. According to scholars, the word that we read in Luke 23, criminals, verse 32, is not really strong enough, as Romans generally didn't crucify common criminals or thieves. This was reserved for the worst for the rebels, for those who'd attempting an uprising against the authorities of Rome. Crucifixion was the most awful, shameful, degrading way possible to deter others from considering doing the same. Today, rather than a criminal, we might use the word terrorist to better describe these two individuals. So, how did God's gift, Jesus himself, respond to this terrorist? Did the John 3:16 verse that we've read include him? Is he part of this Whoever, this second criminal that we read about, he expresses humility and compassion. We read in verse 40 and 41 of Luke 23, but the other criminal rebukes him, him being the first one. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. So he called out to Jesus in verse 42, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replies, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. This terrorist showed signs of belief, of recognizing who Jesus was, his perfect life, and his trust in him. And so this good news of eternal life, Jesus reassured him, was for him too. As he died, Jesus reassured him that paradise, life after death, was for him too. We've been exploring some of these sayings, including today you'll be with me in paradise with our young people on a Sunday morning. If I were to say the sayings of Jesus on the cross, I wonder if you'd know any of them. I wonder if you'd know all of them. There's seven that we come across in the Gospels. I'll let you have a look at them. They're there. It's been so helpful to explore what Jesus said on the cross and how it helps us to better understand who Jesus was and is and what he came to do by dying on the cross. If this criminal that we read about in Luke 23, this terrorist, man, hadn't messed up too badly to be included in those who can believe in the gift of God's Son, then neither have you. The truth is that Christ died to pay the price for our shortcomings so that whoever believes in him can be saved, can have eternal life. But I'm not good enough, 
you might add. For some, it's not about what we've done wrong, but it's that fact that we don't feel we've got anything to offer, anything to contribute. Why would someone include me? Why would someone love me? Issues around self-esteem, self-worth and confidence are huge in our society, something that has probably been grown, that is exaggerated, that has increased during the pandemic. If you speak to many of the people in our church family that work in schools, they will say that has been the case for young people. Maybe we don't struggle with the idea that we're forgivable, but we doubt what value we'd have to be known by the God of the whole universe. This invitation of John 3.16 really is for everyone. The sense of uh, not being good enough or having value enough is blown up by the comparison culture that we see by people's highlight reels of other things they've achieved, their best moments in life that they might share online. Well, when Jesus chose his followers, he chose a group of individuals who hadn't done enough in the eyes of society. They hadn't made the grade at school, they hadn't got high-flying jobs, they hadn't come from the right families, but Jesus included them. His love was for them, the whoever includes each and every one of us. Well, yeah, it might be for those that have kind of grown up in a church background, but what about those that have no faith background? Maybe that's me, maybe that's my friends. I remember feeling inferior when this verse was shared when I was a young teenager, same age as some of you guys here at the front. And I thought, well, I don't know that off by heart. I felt inferior. Did that count for me? Well, the message of John 3.16 is for everyone, whether you've heard it or not, whether your friends, those you're going to see on your front line this week, have heard it or not. It really is for everyone, whether you know faith language, long words like justification and sanctification and atonement, whether you know those kind of language or not, the whoever really is whoever. And we get to model that sense of whoever in the way we are as a church family, by welcoming others, by the way we live on our front line. I remember going to Park Run for the first time a couple of years ago. Didn't really know what I was doing. Was I going to be welcome? What do you need to do? Now, just a little side note, when you're the loof leader here, you have to be particularly careful about when you go to Park Run, depending on who's there, because you don't want any of the young people to beat you. It hasn't yet happened live, but it's not going to be too far off. But anyway, little aside there. But you are thinking, um, what's, what's going to happen? Um, what's this experience going to be like? Well, that is the experience of many people as we have guests with us. We get to model that whoever, each and every person, is welcome here. We get to model that in the way we live our lives and share our faith, modeling that this really is for whoever. It's not dependent on how much we know, on what background we're from, on what sense of worth we have for ourselves, but it's dependent on God's love for each and every one of us. The author of the So Love book, Martin Salter, says, it's a gift to be received, not a status to achieve. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him. Let's think about that word, belief, for a moment. I wonder if you've been abseiling before. I remember going abseiling in about year seven or eight at school. And um, kind of being, I kind of seen abseiling before. It's been explained to me that combination of a harness, carabiner, some ropes, a helmet, if they're kind of run by someone who knows what they're doing, someone else is holding the other end of the rope, 
then gravity's not going to work in the same way and you're going to slowly be lowered down from somewhere rather than come crashing down. I understood that. And understanding is a key part of belief. It's the, it's the first part of belief, you could say. Three things that are helpful to think about belief. There's an understanding. And as we've thought about John 3.16, I hopefully it's been a helpful reminder, or maybe for some of us new, to understand some of the key things about the Christian faith. For God, that there is a God so loved, that he is a God who's not distant and uncaring, but who loves the world, which includes you and me, a world that's rebelled against God, a world that God loves and calling back to himself. For God so loved the world that he gave that the Christian faith is about God's gift of grace, not our own efforts. That he gave his son, that Jesus came to reveal Father God, that he came to show us what God is like and he came to show us how to live, that he came and died in our place, taking the punishment our rebellion deserves whoever, that this is something for whoever. We can come across these things and we can understand them. Okay, that's the Christian faith. Okay, but where some abseiling or this abseiling activity is introduced, it's more than understanding. Understanding is the starting place, but it's more than that. I had to give my assent to this. I had to give my agreement to this. Do you understand what abseiling is about? Yes. Will you sign up to have a go? Can you say you agree to this? Okay, yeah. I did. Not everyone. Not everyone's going to do that. Who's been abseiling before? Hands up. Who hasn't? Who would definitely never do it? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, here's the thing. This, as we think about this abseiling illustration, it takes us further. It's not just agreeing to understanding how the physics of it might work if people are doing it properly, um, but actually agreeing to it. And as we think about agreeing and assenting to the beliefs that we sung about in that final song, who Jesus is, then it's reasonable as we look into this to look at the evidence, to consider the claims and to be convinced that it's true. It's been great that some of our year 10s and 11s in their discipleship group uh, this last term leading up to Christmas, they spent some time asking the big questions. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? Did he really rise from the dead? Can I trust the Bible? I was in one of the local secondary schools this week and had a long conversation with a 13-year-old girl who was asking the same question. How can I trust in the Bible? How do I know what you're saying is, is true? They're really great questions. And maybe you're at the stage of exploring the Christian faith. Let me encourage you to ask the questions to look at the evidence. This book could be really helpful, actually, to help you or those you know who are asking the questions to explore faith as well. Faith is an understanding, but it's also an assent and agreeing. I've got some friends, know some people, maybe some of you hold this view, that understand that the warming we're seeing in our globe at the moment is, is just the natural cycle of things. They look back and they see that actually the temperature of our Earth has changed quite a lot according to scientific understanding of the world. And so really what's happening at the moment um, is just, it's just part of the natural cycle. It's not really influenced by us. Now, I understand that argument. I can understand some of the science and history behind that argument, but I don't actually agree with it. I don't assent to it. So belief is more than just an understanding. It's actually saying, I agree with this. I can say, that's, that's, what, that's what I think as well. 
This verse that we're looking at claims that there is one God of love and that we've all lived our lives that have rejected him at times. So he sent his son to die for us and that we can be forgiven through Jesus' death on the cross. Belief is more than understanding, just that this is Christian teaching. It's agreeing with it. So we move from, do you understand the argument so far, to do you agree with it? Do you assent to it? Can you sing along with the words that are based on the creed? Can you sing along with that and mean it? But there's one final element that I want to highlight to us, and that is trust. Having understood the basics of abseiling, having agreed, I think I'd be up for giving it a go, I actually had to lean back off a wall a couple of stories high and trust my life with what I'd understood, with what I'd agreed with. It was actually a very scary moment for me, because as I leant back off, I had two hands on, I had one hand on, and then someone said, wait, 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 you're not clipped in. It's the kind of joke I would make, but it was true. I wasn't clipped in, and I was a couple of stories high. But what we're putting our belief and trust in, and what I'm putting in front of you today, is something way more reliable than a rope and a harness and someone who thought they knew what they were doing. Belief in him, putting our life in the hands of Jesus, leaning right back into him, trusting in him. Having understood Jesus' death pays the price for our wrongdoing and having agreed to these things really happening, we can lean back personally and trust on the person of Jesus. Will we put our hands in the life of him, him, being Jesus. Salter, in our book, concludes, belief or faith involves an understanding of the message, assent to its trustfulness, and then a commitment to trust. Back to the terrorist on the cross. As he hangs there and has heard Jesus cry out in pain and agony, he's heard the beaten, crucified Son of God offering forgiveness to those who knew not what they were doing, He demonstrates his personal need of a saviour, his personal trust in Jesus by saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Here we see faith not just as acknowledge or assenting to something that's truth, but an example of a desperate man putting his faith in Jesus as the one who saves him, the one through whom he can have eternal life. Belief in Jesus is a personal plea for help for rescue to the one who died in our place on a cross. It's trusting him with our lives and life beyond the grave too. Whoever believes in him. The belief in John 3.16 is not a vague belief about a God, a deity, but belief in the God who's revealed to us in Jesus. A belief in Jesus' as saviour, son of God, Lord and King. Jesus said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our world may say that there are many truths and many religions that lead to God and lead to peace. But Jesus claimed to be the singular way, the singular truth, the singular way to life in all its fullness. I'm convinced that this man, in putting his trust in Jesus, did the best thing he could do in that moment. That's the best thing we can do as well. We might say, is it not arrogant to say that Jesus is the singular way? Well, this is the claim he made. This is the claim that so many of us here are convinced of. 
Anyone been to the Isle of Skye before? Okay, a few of you been there. I understand that there is one bridge to the Isle of Skye. If you wanted to drive across a road to the Isle of Skye, uh, you could say, I'm going to go from the south, I'm going to go right from the top, and someone could say, there's one bridge. Take, take the one bridge. And you might say, well, they're being arrogant. I'm going to try and go right from the bottom. I'm going to try and right go from the top. Uh, some of our friends who live on Hailing Island are with us today. And uh, I might say, I'm going to come and visit you. And they'd say, well, make sure you go along the A27 and take the one bridge over to Hailing Island. Well, no, I'm going to Brackersham Bay this afternoon, so I'll take the shortcut. And I'll go from West Wittering and straight over. Is it, is it arrogant for them to say, you know, you've got to go around, there's one bridge? Well, this is Jesus' claim, that he is the way, the only way to us knowing God and knowing his forgiveness and knowing the eternal life that we'll explore more next week. Jesus claimed to be the way. I wonder what you make of his claim. For many of us here, it's a reminder. For others, maybe it's a challenge as we're exploring the Christian faith for ourselves. Whoever believes in him. Believes what about him? Let me share with you some words to help us think about this. We sung earlier a song that's based on the creed. This is what the creed says about the Lord Jesus. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in him? Is your trust in him again today? Paul writes in Philippians 2, talking of Jesus. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you believe in this, Jesus? Romans 5 verse 8 said this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16 talks of whoever believes in him. This is for each and every person here. This is for each and every person we'll come across this world, in this world that each and every person will see on the news screen this week. Whoever believes, which involves some understanding, some agreement to say I'm with that, and also a personal level of trust. It's not a vague belief, but it's a belief in the Lord Jesus who demonstrates God's love for us so clearly that he came and died that we might have eternal life. I invite Calvin to come and join us. Let me just leave us to have a moment of quiet and I want you to think about those three things. Just take a moment to reflect. Do you understand who this Jesus is? Can you say, I understand some of the basics about the Christian teaching? Ask the question, do, do you agree with that? Can you say, that's, that, that's my belief? And can you go further and say, I I personally trust in Jesus as my own saviour. Take a moment of quiet. I will lead us in prayer.
and then we'll sing again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Lord, we thank you that whoever includes each and every one of us. And Lord, today again we say thank you that you've been kind enough to us, gracious enough for us to us to hear this good news. Um, we hear it with an open heart. We understand enough of it to say that, Lord, we agree. We can declare it. We can sing it. And Lord, we also personally want to say that we trust in you, Jesus. Thank you that you died for our sins. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you're reigning in heaven now. Thank you that you're the Lord and the King. And we say, be my Lord and King. Be our Lord and King. We place our trust in you, Lord Jesus. Amen.